Well, good morning. How are y'all doing? We good? Memorial Day weekend. Thank you guys for choosing us. Hey, online, thanks for hanging out and choosing us. It's a beautiful day, beautiful time. I want to talk about a little bit today about how fun is fundamental. But before we get to fun, there's a couple of things that have to happen in our lives before you and I can have fun. Do you guys remember a couple weeks ago when the Colonial Pipeline kind of got hacked and everybody went into a frenzy over gas? Just go back and look back at where you were just a couple weeks ago. I mean, one of the first things my wife and I did after getting several phone calls from her parents was the first thing we did is we ran into our cars, turned on our car to see where the gauge was. Because if we're, if we're past half, we're probably going to be okay. But if we're below half and we're running on empty, well, it's, it's, it's probably going to be a problem. And so for us, I don't know about you, but we took our cars to the gas station and, and you experienced it, right? When you pulled up to the gas station, car upon car, people cutting you off, police there, some people acting like they were police. I heard one story of one woman pulling up, filling up her gas tank and then pulling out um, garbage bags and beginning to filling up the garbage bags with gas. Because why? She was afraid to live on empty. Living on empty is not fun, is it? I mean, have you ever gone into your uh, freezer maybe late at night hoping to get that nice full gallon of ice cream and there's, there's just one spoonful, le- one spoonful left over? I mean, a, a full gallon of ice cream, that, that's, that's fun. What about coffee? Have you ever decided to wake up one morning and, and just pour a little bit in the coffee? Just one sip worth, not a full cup. I mean, that's not, that's not, that's not fun. What about your bank account? <laughs> Do you remember the days of the overdraft fee? And maybe you're still there. I don't know. But like, I, I know for me growing up in college as a young adult, man, I, I would finally look at my bank account and I'm like, I'm, I'm negative? That's not fun. Going to the bank and having a conversation with the teller about your negative account, well, that's, that's not fun. But a, a full bank account, that, that's, that's fun. H- having a little extra in your bank account at the end of the month, that's pretty fun. I know we're at church, but anybody play poker, Texas Hold'em in here? A full house, that's, that's pretty fun, right? A full house actually beats most hands in poker. And having that hand and laying it down when, when somebody has a decent hand, man, that, that's, that's pretty fun. What about just having a full house, a full people, a lot of people in your home? When your kids come back from college, when you throw a party and people actually show up, a, a full house it's fun. I remember when I was 16, I decided I was going to throw a party in my unfinished basement. We were going to have a dance party. And uh, just side note, I went to a very conservative Christian high school. And so, I mean, I wrote these invites out to all of my friends going, get ready to party down in my unfinished basement. Three people showed up. It was uh, me, two other guys, and one girl for a dance party. Very awkward. Not fun. Ashley and I, our wedding, we had 350 people show up to our wedding. The dance floor is full, open bar. That was fun. Many of us in our, in our lives, we, we feel like kind of rolling on empty is kind of fun, right? Have you ever pulled an all, all-nighter hanging out with friends playing games? Have you ever been to a late-night uh, basketball game or baseball game and you roll in early in the morning and, and you had so much fun, but you had to wake up at 6 or 7 a.m. the next morning? Most of us, we think running on empty is actually more fun than running on full, maybe because of the adrenaline. Hey, any guys in here like to, to actually ride out and like make the gas tank go all the way to empty before you go to the gas tank? Yeah, yeah. And how many of your wives are poking you all the time? Like, we're going to run out of gas. And you're like, babe, I know the light's been on, but I have 17 more miles I can go. We all know 
how far we can go. A- Ashley and I, we were um, just married a year, and I lived on the west part of Georgia, and her, her parents lived in East Cobb. And we hop in the, the car one day, and I'm driving all the way down Interstate 20 to 285 to get to her parents' house. And, and my car's been on E for a long time, and Ashley keeps poking me like, Ryan, you're going to run out of gas. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not. Isn't this fun? Like, we're going to see how far this thing can go. And we pull off the interstate and up the big hill off Riverside Drive. And I press my gas and my car doesn't go. And Ashley's looking at me and goes, is it going to be fun walking up this hill to the gas station to get more gas? I mean, most of us, we we think running on empty is fun, but, but, but full leads to fun. Empty leads to stress. Empty leads to anxiety. Empty leads to frustration. If you have your Bibles on your phone, we're going to be in John chapter 10. John uh, was actually a disciple of Jesus, wrote the book of John. And just to kind of catch you up, Jesus is talking to a bunch of Pharisees. Everybody say Pharisees. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Jesus was talking to some some Pharisees. And and Pharisees, man, they weren't known to have fun. They were known just to kind of like sit and be staunch and, and have no fun. And so Jesus is talking to these Pharisees and, and he's talking about a shepherd and some sheep. And you probably heard the story before, but, but Jesus is saying, hey, look, man, there's the sheep that, that kind of go in and go out. And there's a shepherd and kind of a shepherd pr- protects the sheep. And, and Jesus even says like, hey, I'm, I'm the gate of the sheepfold. This kind of like the sheep pen. When, when sheep would, would come in at night, they would, they would go into this, this pen that was fully enclosed, but one gap by the door, and there was no door in the sheep pen. And Jesus is, is telling the Pharisees, like, hey, hey, there's these shepherds, and there's these sheep, and then there's this, like, there's this gap, and Jesus goes, I'm the gap. I'm the gate. I'm, I'm the door. I'm the one that, that protects everyone. And in the midst of this, he drops a bomb in verse 10. Jesus says this. He goes, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In other versions, it says abundant life, rich life, satisfying life, better life. And, and Jesus sets the stage for us. He goes, man, there's the sheep and there's the shepherd and there's, there's so much to that story. But it also goes, hey, 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 there's this thief and then there's this good shepherd. And, and the thief, it, it comes to steal, it comes to kill, it comes to destroy. The, the, the thief, it, it comes to leave you on empty. But Jesus, he goes, I'm the good shepherd and I come to give you life and life to the full. The problem with many of our lives is once we begin to follow Jesus, don't many of us think that like the fun and joy gets sucked out of us? That many of us, we think we have to trade in parties for pews, that we have to trade in our books for Bibles, that we have to trade in our secular music for hymns. And many of us, when we enter a, in, into a relationship with Jesus, sometimes it just feels like we're trading in all the fun. But Jesus, Jesus says life, life can be different. In verse 9, Jesus actually says this. Jesus says, I am the gate or I am the door. Whoever enters through me, they'll be saved and they'll go in and out and find pasture. Many times when I'm, when I'm meeting with people, people think that, that when they begin a relationship with Jesus, that they're almost like shoved into solitary confinement. Have you felt this way? 
They begin to follow Jesus, and then now you got to come to church every Sunday. Now you got to read your Bible all the time. Now you got to pray. Now you actually got to act right. Now you got to start throwing away all of those albums and CDs, and and, and get rid of all those those movies that you, you get to watch. And, and you feel like you're thrown into this confinement type of space. But but, but Jesus says something different. He says, before you can have a full life, you have to have a free life. Before you have a full life, you have to have a free life. Jesus goes, look, there's a sheep pen and all of my sheep are in there and I am the door, but, but the sheep don't just stay in the sheep pen. The sheep aren't just confined to one little spot. Jesus says they have freedom to come and to go and to find pasture. Uh, following Jesus, he, he brings you safety. Jesus, he cares for you. He protects you. Jesus gives you the courage to live in a world that will eat you up and spits you out. And Jesus said the sheep, man, they go in and they go out. They go find pasture and they come back. Jesus didn't just build a gate to confine us. We're not in solitary confinement. You and I are free. You're free to come. (laughs) You're free to go. You're free to find pasture. In John 8, 36, scripture says this. It says, so if, you're, if the son sets you free, well, you're free indeed. If Jesus has set you free, if you've given your life over to Jesus, if you've fully committed to walk and follow Jesus, Jesus says, man, if you follow me, you're free, you're free indeed. And this freedom makes us full. Have you ever been in a spot where you feel like you were confined? Have you ever felt like you were stuck in a relationship, stuck in a job, stuck with a problem that you saw no way out and and then something happened? Maybe the relationship got better. Maybe another opportunity came your way. You felt you were confined. You felt that you were locked in, but freedom does something to us. Freedom gives you a hope that you never had. Freedom gives you an empathy that you've always wanted. Freedom gives you a a courage that you've, you've never had before. Having a savior protect you, gives you a heart full of love. Freedom will overflow your cup with joy and appreciation. And if you're full of these things, your life will lead to fun. First, freedom. If you have freedom, you you will live a full life. And if you and I, if we're living a full life, we're going to live a fun one. And here at Stone Creek, we believe that fun is fundamental. We believe that, that, that Jesus followers, that we should lead the way in fun. So often we, we get this stereotype of those are, oh, those are just those boring Christians. Those are just those, those people that have to follow all the rules. But, but Jesus asks us to actually have a, a life that's full. And we see this in Jesus' life and how he led his disciples. Jesus' first recorded miracle in, in John chapter 2 you may know it, it says this, on the, on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples and when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, hey, Jesus, <laughs> they have no wine. Did you catch it? Jesus and his disciples, they were invited to the wedding. Now, now if you think Jesus wasn't about fun, maybe he would sneak in, maybe he would crash the wedding Maybe if he wasn't fun, people are surely not going to give you an invite to somewhere if they know that you're no fun. And Jesus and the disciples, they were invited to this gathering, invited to this wedding. And this wedding wasn't a lame wedding. 
This, wa- this wedding wasn't just at the courthouse with a couple people there. This wedding had hundreds of people. It lasted seven days and the wine ran out. People were hot on the dance floor. People were hanging out day in, day out. The DJ was sweating. It was awesome, awesome and fun, but then they ran out of wine. And Jesus could have shut the party down, right? <laughs> Jesus could have looked at everyone and said, oh yeah, you probably need to go home. Ugh, yeah, this is, this is getting a little overboard. Jesus could have shut down the party and told everyone to go home, but Jesus actually brought new life to the party. In verse 10, it says this, the master turns to the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Point of the story, Jesus doesn't let the fun run out. Jesus' wine was better. His fun is greater. Jesus brought life to a party that ran out. What's running out in your life right now? What's the situation What's the relationship that you need to invite Jesus into, knowing and believing that, that, that Jesus is actually going to bring a new wine, a better wine? That Jesus is going to bring a, a deeper relationship? Jesus is going to fill your tank with love and compassion and empathy? That, that Jesus maybe will give you the answers that you're struggling with at work? That Jesus, as you're contemplating the future and what to go and where to do and where to live, that maybe, maybe if you invite Jesus into it, he's not just going to shut it down, but maybe he'll give it new life. Hey, some of us, some of you, we need to throw a party this summer. (laughs) Some of you need to throw a party of celebration. Maybe you need to throw a party of thankfulness, a party of fellowshipping, a party of rejoicing. And maybe you need to invite Jesus to it. Maybe, maybe we don't just need to have fun for fun's sake, but, but maybe the gap between us and fun is that we think we're having fun, but, but Jesus isn't invited to our fun. So maybe some of us this summer need to invite Jesus into the fun. Other fun times with Jesus, you've heard the story of, of Jesus feeding the 5,000 in Mark chapter 5, or Mark chapter 6. And later in Mark chapter 6, Jesus is, is hanging out with his, his disciples. And, and I don't, we don't get a clear picture in Scripture what the conversation is like, but the disciples are probably kind of looking at Jesus and like, hey, Jesus, let's go in and hop in the boat and go to the other side. Maybe it was getting late. Maybe they, they, they were seasoned uh, boaters, and maybe they were looking up at the sky and going, oh, this is going to end bad. And Jesus is kind of like, hold on, hold on. Yeah, uh, if, y'all, if y'all are that concerned, maybe y'all can just go to the other side. And I don't know what that conversation was like, but, but Jesus was like, y'all, y'all just go. And maybe he's walking away and, and he begins to talk and see and, hey, how are you doing? And, and then he actually gets in a, in a solitary place to pray. And then when Jesus is done praying, you can, you can find it in the scriptures, Jesus begins just to walk across the water to the other side. C- could you imagine the scene? I mean, maybe he could have hollered at the disciples to, hey, y'all, y'all come back real quick. And the scripture says that he was intentionally trying to kind of walk around the disciples so the disciples wouldn't see him. Jesus was playing hide and seek, <laughs> and he got caught. <laughs> and then Peter was like, well, what's, what's going on? It's a ghost, and the disciples started freaking out. And I, I could just imagine the smile and the giggles of Jesus going, they have no clue. And Jesus, and the scripture says, Jesus begins to walk over back to the boat from the water, hops into the boat, <laughs> and starts talking to his disciples. 
And how fun is that? Do, do you think that, that Jesus was, was, was really wanting them to go to the other side? Or was Jesus going to go walk around water and just show up at the other side and have this moment of spontaneity and fun? Jesus, most of us, we, we think that, that, that living life has, has, has gotten maybe boring for us. Maybe you've been a believer and a Christian for a really long time. Maybe you look back at the days of college or, or the days of that tragedy where you really have to cling close to Jesus, but maybe that was years ago. And maybe you and I, we, we began to kind of get back into the normal routine of life. After Jesus had died and actually he was resurrected, his disciples began to kind of go back into some of their old life. They, they went back to what they knew well. They, they, knew, they went back to, 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 to what their, their life looked like before Jesus entered in the scene. So, so they're on a boat in John chapter 21. And disciples were, were fishing and there's this man that was on the kind of shoreline and he's calling out to his disciples. You can read it in John 21. And disciples were frustrated because they went back to their old life and they weren't having any luck catching fish. And Jesus was calling out to them and, and finally Peter realized it was Jesus. And the scripture says that, that, that Peter like, took off a piece of clothing and jumped into the water. Some, some translations say that, that, that Peter actually threw himself into the water. Cannonball! Maybe Peter thought he was going to walk on water again. So maybe he just like, took off in the boat and then like, splashed in and threw in. And he swam over to Jesus and Jesus began to cook them a nice little breakfast. Church, look right at me for a second. Have you fallen back into your old life? Do you remember the time when you and Jesus were really close? Do you remember the time that you actually really, really needed him? Do you remember the time that, that all you had was to cling to Jesus, all the hope you had was in Jesus, but, but then maybe sometimes it gets a little old and you start kind of picking yourself up and maybe you become a little bit successful and maybe your bank account begins to grow. Maybe your relationships get a little better and you kind of find yourself back into this place that you were before you actually had a relationship to Jesus. Maybe the call for you, maybe the next step for you today is just a, just a cannonball into the water. For you to make a splash. For you to look ridiculous and run back to Jesus. Maybe that's you going and buying a journaling Bible on Amazon and committing to journal through the Bible this summer. Cannonball. Maybe that's you going, man, I really want to live out the Great Commission and I really want to be Jesus to my neighbors. And so like this week, no, no, this week, we're gonna invite and plan people to come over to our house. We've never done that before. Hey, Cannonball. Hey, maybe some of you, some of us, we need to read the Bible in a year. Maybe some of you need to read the Bible in 90 days. Maybe we need to commit to pray every day. Cannonball. Remember who Jesus was talking to in John chapter 10. He was talking to a bunch of Pharisees. A bunch of people who had their buttons buttoned up. They were very careful in when they spoke and what they said. And Jesus says, hey, don't, don't be a Pharisee. Will you be a follower? Because following Jesus is fun. He leads to a life of fun. 
Jesus wants you to grow because growing is fun. Jesus wants you to be set on mission because mission is fun. Jesus wants you to build relationships with your neighbors because building relationships with your neighbors, man, it's, it's, it's fun. And that's what the disciples did. Their experiences with Jesus fueled their desire to make Jesus famous and flip the world upside down. He's created you. He's created me to have abundant, rich, full lives. But many of us, and we're scared of the freedom, many of us think that if we live in freedom, it won't be free at all. We just bought Riley another bicycle. Riley's my six-year-old daughter. She had one bicycle, and we had the training wheels on, and we began to kind of hire the, the training wheels, so it's like really flimsy. And, and then we decided to, to get her another bike for her birthday that was just a month ago. And I was thinking, this is the time. This is the time for her to take off the training wheels and to experience the fun of actually riding a bike. Because training wheels, it actually makes a bike harder to ride. There's more friction on the back. She has to pedal harder to get up the hill. And time and time again, I sit Riley down. And I go, hey, hey, Riley, you've got to understand, it's going to be scary at first. But if we take off the training wheels, freedom's at your door. If we take off the training wheels, you can have bike rides with me up and down through the hills of our neighborhood. If we take the training wheels off, you can go faster and turn sharper. And you're going to gain more confidence. And you have more freedom throughout our neighborhood. But she's stuck to the training wheels. She's so scared to take the training wheels off. But church, the training wheels, if we take them off, it's going to lead to fun. What in your life are the training wheels still on? What, what things in your life are you so afraid to commit to? Is, is, is it your prayer life? And I'm just going to keep the training wheels on because I'm just going to pray a little bit, but I'm not going to fully commit to praying and believing God's going to show up in my life. Is it following Jesus in your relationship? I'm not going to fully commit to, to, to read scripture together with my spouse and to pray in and for my spouse. I'm going to take the training wheels off. What if it's living Jesus out in, in your workplace? I mean, I wear the cross necklace. I may even bring the Bible in every now and then, but to fully commit and to live the life of freedom that God has called me to do, I've got to take the training wheels off. Hey, church, Jesus died so you and I could be free. And our freedom, it leads to a life that's not just a life, but a life to the full. And you and I both know if we have a full tank of gas, <laughs> we can go anywhere we want. And if we have a full tank uh, of life, our life leads to fun. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this time together. I pray, Jesus, that we can believe and understand our freedom. I pray, Jesus, that, that if we've never given our life over to Jesus, and maybe that's the move we have to make today, I pray, Jesus, that we'll just offer you our training wheels of our life and say, hey, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm willing and ready to fully commit. I pray, Jesus, you'll be with us today. Help us uh, have fun together uh, with each other and fun together with you. I love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.